0: Welcome back, everybody, for the Lincoln Law Pod, the podcast dedicated to the Lincoln lawyer on Netflix. It's Tracy here with Pete. What's up, Pete?
1: Pete PI. What's going oh, on, Tracy?
0: Sorry about that. I gotta get the name straight. Pete P. I, because you're sort of a Cisco-esque type character in the podcast. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's okay. that's what I'm going for here.
0: That's what okay. we're trying. It's uh, you know, it's hard to beat Cisco, but I, I'm I'm happy that you're gonna try. So let's see how it goes. We're looking forward to breaking down episode two tonight for the podcast. And it is titled The Magic Bullet. It's written by Ted Humphrey, who's also the showrunner and directed by Aaron Feely. There's an extra special section on the podcast this evening. I had the opportunity to get some show notes from the showrunner, Ted Humphrey, on several different episodes. So we have a little bit of content At the end of the podcast episode, for you to enjoy some information directly from Ted. So please stay tuned to the very end so you get that scoop. Let's get into the magic bullet and see what went down in this episode. Pete, again, to remind you all, Pete P.I. is seeing the Lincoln lawyer for the first time. Well, not just seeing it for the first time. He's not read the books. So this is very fresh. Um, To him, no, no ideas really of what might happen. No prior influences, which I obviously have having read the books. It's absolutely compelling either way. But I, again, I think it's fun to have both perspectives. So anything going into this episode, Pete, as someone who has not read the books that just has you on the edge of your seat. So when I started the episode fresh,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, after episode one, obviously I I, I did see the movie. Right, so I right. Mm-hmm. Know how, I kind of know how the Lincoln lawyer is supposed to act. Okay. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be. And we didn't really get much of that in the first episode because it was kind of like, let's figure out, you know, who this guy is and get himself. You know, mm-hmm. I want to see this guy in episode five and six when he's wheeling and dealing because that's what I'm expecting to see. So, okay. To see him come out of his shell a little bit more in this episode. Mm-hmm. to See what he's more about. Actually, you know, we'll discuss it further later because it leads into one of my questions. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was interested to see how far he's going to go. And I thought that we would get, we would be in episode five when I saw what I saw today in episode two. So I'm really curious about, you know, it's just unveiling itself more quickly than I thought, which I like for a show because it doesn't leave you dragging.
0: Yeah. Well, I can say as a book reader, foundationally, they are, you know, very much the same, but it's like a different flavor. You know, I think we even talked about that, that last week. I think a lot of things about mickey in the netflix series excuse me is a little more nuanced i think i i tend to see a little bit more of his vulnerability than i necessarily did with the movie so there's just at the foundation there's there's this guy who's juggling a lot and being clever and smart you know to get the job done and that has a passion for finding the truth as well and giving the best defense that he can so it's yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun as we go throughout the 10 episodes to see where they sometimes kind of match up with the movie and, and where they don't. But uh yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see what you have to say down the line here in the episode. All right, well, let's get into it. The bulk of this episode is following up on the Trevor Elliott case. We've got a, a few other little sideline stories, which are very interesting. But the bulk of it is tr- trying to move forward. And how is Mickey going to defend this guy? You know, he has very little to work with jerry vincent the original attorney has been murdered his laptop briefcase are gone so whatever was in there he doesn't have and outside of that he just doesn't have much of anything they're trying to get the calendar together trying to look through notes lorna's on top of all that his office manager she's trying to dig up whatever she can but he just doesn't have a lot to go on so this uh this episode tries to push it a little bit further and see what he can come up with for any kind of defense for Trevor. All he has at this point is Trevor's account of it, really. So we will see what we find out. One thing that they are trying to do is get access to financial accounts for Jerry Vincent. Lorna writes up an order and has Mickey take that to Judge Holder. And again, Judge Holder is the one that signed off on Mickey inheriting these cases, and she has to meet with him periodically periodically. To see how things are going, make sure everything's in order, kind of sign off on things as as they go, sort of a status meeting. Of course, Lorna, when Mickey has this next meeting with Judge Holder, she wants him to try to file a continuance. But once again, he has to say it's just a deal breaker with Trevor Elliott. Just he can't do it you know, it's not going to happen. So he can't ask for that, but she she does want to get access to the financial accounts to see what they can learn from that. What was Jerry spending money on? You know, was, you know, what was he purchasing or anything that might help with the case? Because they really don't know what he was going to use to defend him at this point. So Judge Holder does sign off on giving them access to the financial accounts. But I don't know if you remember, Pete, Mickey also asks for something else. He wants to get a list of prior clients or Current clients, prior clients that might be some type of threat or might have had some sort of motive to, to do something bad to Jerry, to any type of vengeance type motivation, which, of course, puts Mickey in the same boat. If someone had something, had a you know an issue with Jerry and it had to do with a the case, then that very well could be passed along as a threat. To Mickey as well. So at first, Judge Holder is like, nah, I don't really feel comfortable with that. You know, she talks about the confidentiality, client confidentiality and so forth. But Mickey points out there's, um, I guess, a one scenario where you can break some of if, that confidentiality. If it's an immediate threat yep. to
1: the actual lawyer, then you can right. break it.
0: Right, and so she says, "You know, I'm not really comfortable with this, but I'm going to sign off because I do care about your safety, you know, and you know, I do I think the words are, "I appreciate your situation, you know she can't she can't just deny the guy's safety, so and especially if there is an accommodation for that, you know it's it's right to sign off on that and get that information to Griggs. So he has Cisco working on that game that list together. He also assigns the job to go see an investigator that worked for Jerry named Bruce Carlin. And I think if I remember correctly that Cisco was getting this through his LAPD contact. He's got some sort of contact inside the police department that's that's giving him some information. So I think that's a, a piece that he got from his LAPD contact. So yeah, he goes to this guy's house and he's outside working on a vintage Corvette. A nice looking car, don't you think?
1: Very nice car. I wonder what yeah. he did in a previous life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So that's, that's pretty cool. And, and Mickey, I'm sorry, Cisco comes up and asks about the car and he immediately says it's not for sale. You know, I guess he gets a lot of inquiries, but Cisco lets him know what he's doing, who he's working with, you know, the case. And does this guy have any information for him? And he doesn't get a whole lot because Jerry didn't keep Bruce Carlin on the case very long. All of a sudden he, he said that Jerry kind of began keeping things really close to the vest. So he does not know of Mickey. You know, Cisco announces who he's working for, but he has heard of Mickey's father. So he you know associates sort of a reputation there. But again, not much information to share with Cisco. He got pulled off the case kind of early on. And he kind of said, I mean, how would you describe it, Pete? He kind of said that Jerry started acting a little squirrely there in the last few weeks. Well, you you know,
1: I mean, apparently he started, you know, probably making erratic moves and things, mm-hmm. you know, people are creatures of habit. Mm hmm no matter how hard they try they normally find a routine and stick with a routine as far as it comes to stuff i mean i know when i go to work i pretty much have something to, you know the thing the, the duties i have at work pretty much get done the same way every day so if mm-hmm. i went to work and started doing them differently
0: mm-hmm.
1: why yeah
0: well, yeah what's, jerry what's starts different? to
1: change his patterns mm-hmm. why
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he said he just kind of seemed kind of nervous you know they um towards the last few weeks. So he he felt like something was up, but that's really all he says that he has to share with Cisco. So of course, Cisco takes this information back to Mickey. Lorna goes out to try to get some intel because they think about the fact that there's not just one person murdered in the Trevor Elliott case. There were two. Jan Reels was the yoga instructor that Laura Elliott was uh, cheating on Trevor with, you know, her boyfriend, so to speak. And so they were both murdered. So what if... You know, there's always the possibility, what if he was the target of of the murder? So they kind of look into that route. I mean, what else can you do? You know, they don't have much to go on. So let's, let's look at that route. And she goes to a yoga class on the beach, I guess, with a teacher that worked with Yon Reels. She goes through the class and then she tries to do the undercover thing and kind of get some intel, but she just can't keep up the ruse, you know, she just spills it, you know, and says who she is and what she's doing. And uh, I think the yoga teacher's name is Krisha and she's like, be alone, you know, you're asking me the same stuff that that other lawyer did and so forth, talking about Jerry, but she doesn't know that Jerry's dead. And when Lorna tells her that that Jerry has been murdered, you know, that kind of raises the stakes a little bit and maybe makes her a little bit more cooperative. And basically what Lorna gets from Krisha there on the beach is that Jan had some other special clients. That's pretty much all she got, right, Pete?
1: Yeah, but that's what they were looking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because now they
1: have a trail. I mean, Mickey said it in which I think was the most important statement he made when he said the police it looks, I I want to hope that they have tunnel vision where they only focus in on one suspect. mm -hmm. And if they get it wrong now they are really behind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they want to look at any other yeah scenario or motivation for the murder that that takes the heat or the possibility off of Trevor. So That's basically what she gets from Krisha, and she's going to sort of try to follow that lead and find out who some of these other women are that were having sort of personal sessions, so to speak, with Jan, and could there be some type of jealousy or motivation there involved in their murder? So that's one thing that Lorna was up to, and then Mickey... And Trevor and Golance, the prosecutor, the deputy district attorney that's prosecuting the case for the state, meet with Judge Stanton. Kind of just a, I don't know if it has an official name, but sort of a status meeting. And the judge is, you know, clearly happy to offer a continuance to Mickey. You know, they're kind of like getting up to speed. Mickey has the case now. You know, what do we need to do? I'm assuming you're going to ask for a continuance. And then go Lance kind of jumps in and says, yeah, I would think you probably need that after, you know, just getting back up to speed after, you know, being out basically, I think he almost just says basically being out for drug addiction for a while. And, you know, that crosses a line there and Stanton puts an end to that, but we're like, Hmm, where did he get that intel? You know? And you know, like I said, he definitely crossed a line. So Mickey knows that Trevor is not interested at all in filing a continuance. He's been very adamant about that. No continuance. So they step outside of chambers and have their own private conference about the subject. Mickey asks him why. He just doesn't understand why he would not be in favor of filing a continuance at this point. Trevor tells him that his company is going to be purchased and he needs good public opinion for that to go through so he doesn't want to put it off and have people still talking about him and speculating when the purchase is supposed to happen so he wants to get that behind him first he goes on to say that he has lost Laura and he doesn't want to lose his legacy as well so he's he gives a pretty passionate plea for not following the continuance And Mickey goes ahead with it and confirms with Judge Stanton that no, they will not be filing a continuance. Of course, he's not really thinking they'll be... (laughs) fine in his mind he's hoping but he does turn the the continuance off or down so he's got to stick with what what the client is saying let's see what else uh okay so he does meet with griggs and gives him like the file information the the list to look through that might be possible threats and mickey wants to know from griggs did the police have any tracking information on jerry Recently, anything about where he's been or what he was doing that might be helpful. They're doing kind of a quid pro quo thing, I guess. And they're being kind of antagonistic, Griggs and Mickey. They're kind of like questioning each other's abilities and like kind of one upping each other. But he does find out from Grig that Jerry had, from GPS information, had been visiting a casino. So he's like, home, work, or this casino. So mm. they're like, what's up with that? You know, how does that have to do with the case? Does it have to do with the case? And then, of course, Uh, And another point in the episode, Mickey's talking to Izzy and he even wonders, you know, was he just so desperate with the case? Was he just, you know, was, did he just have the case and was trying to get the money from the case to feed a gambling habit? Is he just an addict with something else, you know, like them? So, you know, he just doesn't know what to think about that. That was an unexpected piece of information. But uh, yeah, so Jerry's been visiting a casino and we get some more information even Beyond that, Jerry had an assistant that was working at the office. Do you remember her name, Pete? No. Wren. Ren is her name. And she's back in town. She'd been visiting I think, her mother, and she's back in town. So they're going to find out what they can from her. And also, Lorna has made another discovery around this time. She was making some copies of something, and she noticed that the copier had a memory feature. So she could actually identify what Jerry last copied or the last person in the office, what they copied. And she uncovers that Jerry was filing a continuance, you know, that he had made a copy of the paperwork. They don't have. Have it so they could only assume that maybe it was in his laptop that was stolen but that's some big big information because Trevor is putting a hard line no continuance we're for going forward with the trial as planned as scheduled so that's a, a big piece of information there they don't know quite what to do with it but that raises all sorts of questions of course and then when they talk to ren she's she seems a a little... I don't want to say scatterbrain, but she doesn't have a lot of like legal information about the case to share with them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she seemed like she was kept on the outside looking and making appointments and keeping, you know, his books organized.
0: Right. Doing filing, things of that nature. But we also find out she had a personal romantic relationship with Jerry as well. So she had some other conversation with Jerry outside of the office And she says she doesn't know what it means, but she said that he used the term magic bullet, that he had found the magic bullet. And Mickey just like, whoa, you know, that means something to him. But Lorna and Cisco, they're like, what's what's a magic bullet? What does that mean? And he says, you know, it's something that can blow the prosecutor's case wide open, like just a true game changer. So now they've learned that Jerry was going to file a continuance. He had this quote, magic bullet. Now there's like a whole new ball game. They don't have all the details but it's a whole new ball game. They've they've got to find out what was going on. Why was there the continuance? What's this magic bullet? So would you say Pete that this, do you think this energizes Mickey or do you find it more stressful? Like now we've got a whole different thing to figure out. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, for me
1: and you, it's definitely very stressful because all I got is a bunch of whys in the air. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? However, The theme of the episode seems to be that he thrives on this, according to Warner. And yeah, so I mean, I guess it's good news for him because he has a reason to actually, you know, he believes he can actually win the case. Now he's just unveiling the puzzle. Right. Yeah. Before he didn't have that information. So he was just, you know, needle in a haystack. The haystack just got burnt in half.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And we saw that he was, we could see some of his stress sort of come out, cracking a little bit when Cisco was talking to him earlier in the episode, because he was trying to be supportive. Cisco was saying, Hey, you know, just don't have much to go on here you know you can only do the best you can you know you can't win them yeah. all that kind of thing and mickey just sort of snaps he's like no it is important when you have a high profile case they only remember the winner yeah
1: no you one know? remembers who loses
0: right so he's like this is very important this you know so we could see a little bit of him you know If you want to call it cracking or just, I saw desperation. Yeah, yeah, was the word. Yeah, so he he was gonna stick to it, but yeah, you could tell he he felt maybe that little bit of desperation. But yeah, I think when he hears about this magic bullet and the continuance, I think it does energize him. He has hope now. He's under a lot of stress because he's still got this really short timeline to get things figured out. But at least he feels like he has something legitimate to look for now. Like they were, like you said, the needle in the haystack, they were just grasping at straws, you know, could it be this? Could it be a third party, you know, motivation?
1: They were visiting yoga instructors on the beach. (laughs) Yeah. That's how desperate they were. They were just (laughs) trying, they were visiting car, a guy named Carlin with a with a nice car, fancy car, just to to (laughs) throw something out there, just throw some fishing out there, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? They're just trying to throw this wide net and see if something catches, you know, Know, that will move them forward so i think mickey's it's a tall order but i i think he's feeling definitely feeling better and like you mentioned that lorna said he thrives on this so this is i guess this is the way he operates this is this is a good thing for him to kind of be under that stress especially when he knows there's something there to uncover yeah. so i feel like we made i don't know if you'd call it a lot of progress with the case but definitely a, a big hurdle, like, it, you know, at least knowing that there was something Jerry was planning to go on. They said they don't know a whole lot more than they did before the episode started, but they know there's something there to find. I think that in itself is a, is a big move or change in the case. And we had a few sort of personal things along the way in the case too and of course Mickey's inherited this this large caseload so there's some smaller cases along with this big high profile case and uh, in the midst of trying to be here and be there at one point in the episode he ha- finds out he has you know 41 minutes I think it is to get to Inglewood to work on a case with um, someone named for someone named Terrell Coleman did you want to talk about that case a little bit Pete
1: well Terrell Coleman was selling bootleg t-shirts outside of a venue mm-hmm and I mean, we know from common knowledge that everybody does that, whether <laughs> it's online or at venues and, you know, especially then. So, but the the police that arrested him had a personal vendetta with him that was, you know, went on for years. And I mean, he, he, he made a good point. He said like, you know, this guy, you know, he's, he's my burden. You know, i know known him since high school. He's a cop. I'm, I'm a bootleg t-shirt seller that's out there. And, That's the territory for the most part. He's just being unfair, abusing his power, so to speak, Mm -hmm. without abusing his power because he could it is technically it is illegal what the guy is doing. So, I mean, it's not really, I guess, abusing your power, but, you know, they're not exactly sweeping everybody in the in the parking lot at the same time. One person specifically is getting, you know, targeted kind of on top of that. Somehow nobody cam footage showed up so any conversation to back what terrell coleman is saying is void and now you have the cop's word versus somebody who was illegally mm-hmm. selling t-shirts which we all know that's not going to play well in court
0: right because the officer officer granger says that that coleman actually assaulted him you know, yes took a took a punch at him or whatever so yeah no and and mickey sort of notices that on the the case file uh notes that the i guess the body cam footage wasn't available and they find out that it supposedly (laughs) wasn't working that day you know so yeah so they don't have that to go on so mickey gets the wheels turning he comes back i I don't know if it's the next day or but the next time he comes back and Haley's actually in the courtroom with him because maggie has run into a situation where she needed someone to pick up Haley from school mickey's happy to do it he picks her up and he was going to just take her back to his office to do her homework whatever until her mom could pick her up but she's like hey why not just let me go you know watch you in court and he agrees and he ends up it's cute he's pretty nervous about it you remember that he's talking outside in the hallway with izzy while Haley's in the restroom and he's talking about how it makes him nervous even even like jittery like i would want some pills right now
1: yeah nervous
0: yeah so um this is this is a, a a big deal to him but you know he wants to impress her and i would say he does it goes it goes really well so he gets back in the courtroom and they're not going to, you know, make a plea agreement or anything like that. He has some, he you know, wants to keep pursuing you know, the case and he raises this flash drive in the air and he tells everyone there's a bank, or maybe I think it's a bank, somewhere across the street from the venue or where the incident occurred that had security cameras. So he's like, you know, basically let's, let's take a look. And the, the prosecutor's like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's take a look. And Officer Granger is, like, behind the prosecutor, like, you know, motioning for him, like, going, no, 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 you know. And we're like, oh, man, this guy is a liar. And they say, how do they, what do they say at that point, Pete?
1: That they won't be pursuing and a charge in this case because he said yeah. he wanted he said that he wanted um it to be broken down to this i forgot the, i forgot what he called it and he wanted it expunged from the record
0: right oh yeah So mickey- basically
1: it was just like a desk appearance and it didn't count against him as an add-on
0: right yeah mickey says you know well, let's, i've got this here and we would like to reduce the you know the charges expunge the record and so forth and just put this to rest with time served you know he doesn't want terrell being in jail anymore yeah and they have to agree to it because the officer does not want to see what's on that flash drive. So even Haley in the gallery asks Izzy, you know, what's what's going on here? What, what's happening? And she says liars getting caught in their lies. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that Granger made up the story about him hitting. I mean, Terrell had, had denied it all along with Mickey. But again, it's this person's word against that person's word. Well, Terrell is so grateful to mickey he has a daughter as well he's excited about getting to see his daughter you know time has been served thanks mickey and he asks him about the the flash drive you know and mickey said oh this this is just like a playlist of music
1: yeah mp3s
0: and the guy you know he's like oh it really wasn't on there or whatever or something he suggests you know like misleading the court And, and mickey says no you cannot lie to the court i did not lie there was security camera across the way and there probably was footage but this is not that footage he never yeah. said that that was you know footage from that camera So just very clever. And it shows that Mickey has this ability, really impressive ability to to scan through that report like he did. And that just jumped out at him, you know, that there was no body cam footage. So if there's no body cam footage, what else could we, how can we play that to our benefit? You know, he just seems to be able to zone in on these details that really are important and can give him, you know, a way to defend the client. So yeah, he worked his magic there. And, you know, like I said, he didn't lie to the court. And the fact that Granger was like, "No, I don't want to see what's on that flash drive." It was like, as he said, liars getting caught in their lies. That was—it's fun to see those cases that just close up, you know, within the episode. You kind of see how how Mickey works them. So that was pretty impressive. And it's just like the other thing, he does take Haley home later that night, and he talks to Maggie. And a couple interesting notes there when they're talking. She just puts her wine glass down beside the couch, like out of view. And he tells her, you don't have to do that. You know, just because I'm in recovery, that's not going to, you know, flip a switch and make me go, you know, take pills or something. You don't have to hide your wine. And she's like, okay, okay. And they talk a little bit about the other night where she was when he watched Haley. And it turns out that she had gone to like a parent-teacher conference. And he was a little frustrated with that because he's like, why didn't you tell me? I would want to participate. And it just, they talk about how she's still, having a hard time trusting completely. And it just, it it was a good conversation that just sort of highlighted that there's still this tension between them. And, you know, she wants to believe him. She wants to trust him. He wants to impress her, but they're just not quite meeting in the middle yet. So it just sort of kind of highlighted that, that there's still that, that struggle there, which I'm sure it, you know, would take a lot of time. Well, we also
1: find out in this episode that she's dating the other guy, right?
0: Mickey thinks that she went on a date. He was, you know, we had seen prior earlier in the episode, that the prosecutor go had come in and hinted that they had, he didn't want things to be awkward because apparently they had been out before. And what does Maggie say? Like two times, you know,
1: it's still awkward because yeah. if you're looking at it from our point of view, has like viewers, her ex-husband mm-hmm. is the defense attorney and her casual date, whatever guy, she is. has a history yeah. with is the prosecutor is a prosecutor. I mean, I understand, but you got to be like, wow. To me yeah. I'm like, is this going to be a triangle the whole season now?
0: Yeah, what is what does this mean? So, yeah, Go Lance, the the prosecutor is kind of you know, you feel like he's making too big a deal out of it with her. And yes. she kind of she kind of plays it off, but at the same time, like to your point, Pete, it could be kind of awkward, you know, not knowing exactly what the terms of their relationship or well that,
1: that's my point she has a very close relationship with mickey and talks to him about about stuff and communicates mm-hmm. with him about the case and they trust each other right. and now she's you know say if she goes on another date a third date
0: right with right.
1: the prosecutor
0: yeah yeah
1: now they now they now they, they can't talk about certain things
0: yeah it feels like of the case so it feels like Go-Anse thinks maybe it's more than it is and maggie's
1: well he's trying hard
0: yeah he's trying hard <laughs> and she's saying that's yeah. less so we the viewers see that but I don't think Mickey's aware that they've gone out at all. And so when he's at her house, he, he wants to know, who'd you go on a date with? I don't think he's thinking, you know, go Lance or anything. He just wants to know in general, like, well, who was the lucky guy? You know, that got to go on a date with you the other night when he was watching Haley. And that's, you know, when she says it wasn't a date, it was a teacher, parent-teacher conference meeting. That's when he gets a little upset that he wasn't included yeah. on that. And they, they get into the whole element of, you know, she's trying to trust, but she's not quite there. She wants to trust. She wants him to be more involved. But, you know, it's a struggle. It's a process and it's not going to just happen overnight. So, yeah. So at least we know that that one night wasn't another date with Colance. So um, I kind of hope it's nothing with him because he just seems I don't like him. You know? Yeah,
1: he's a jerk.
0: <laughs> We're crossing him off the list. So he seems to think a little too highly of himself. I just get that impression right away. Wasn't he undefeated? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right
1: so and, I and, mean and
0: when she's talking when Maggie's talking to Mickey and he's asking about goentz you know he says I like him cocky because then it's just more fun to make him you know fall yes. or miss but it is interesting that they both separately asked Maggie about the other one and she basically makes the same call on on both you know they're good yep better be prepared yep
1: he's good it's a lot of stress prepared.
0: yeah yeah
1: a lot of burden so, a lot he, of weight to carry
0: and she does I mean she doesn't want to be caught in the middle but oh
1: she doesn't because <laughs> it seems like she got thrown right in there she better figure out a way out a little she, bit well yeah
0: she she is but doesn't mean she likes for sure she's handled it pretty well so far yes. just telling them both to you know just do your best you're both really good do your she's best. doing a
1: great job handling it good right luck now. good luck yeah. out there. at the end they find out that the car is compromised
0: oh yeah the big reveal at the end <laughs> you, right. know, I, you know
1: i was gonna <laughs> save it for you but i guess i'll spoil it
0: <laughs> yeah the, the very last thing we see in the episode when we we talked about mickey being charged and ready to figure out what this magic bullet is you know he says he works best right in the car so he's like come on izzy you know let's go and he has the the flash drive which is of actual music we learned starts the music up and the screen pans up to like the upper console or whatever at at the top of the car and i I think we can pretty much assume that it was a bug there right pete when you say That's what I think. And then those thoughts are pretty much confirmed because we see the screen shift to an SUV parked in a garage somewhere. And the driver has the surveillance equipment that's playing the audio. So we, yeah. So we hear Izzy and Mickey talking on that surveillance equipment. So someone is not only following him, but listening to him. So that gets even creepier. And, you know, at the end of the episode, I don't even think we brought this up how she lost the tail. Because at the end of the first episode, they were being followed in the vehicle. She notices that someone tailing them. And then she she does some quick maneuvering turns yeah. with the Lincoln and, and loses the tail. But, you know, then, then Mickey ends up seeing someone again at his house another night and, like, walks up to them. And they, you know, they drive off. Yeah, so, they took off. Yeah, so we've been seeing the physical presence of someone following them repeatedly and now we know that someone is listening in as well so yeah that just takes it to another level of creepy gonna make it a lot harder whatever mickey's trying to do someone's following along with it we don't we don't know who and how and for what reason but well
1: it makes you seem that the same people that took out jerry vincent are now going after him
0: yeah that's that's my first thought yeah so yes yeah it's crazy so have some wins in the episode and then we get a you know a loss kind of like this you know who's listening in who's following them? so two steps forward one step back who knows who knows how this is going to play out but again some compelling drama some intrigue this is not just a case to uh defend it's he's having to defend himself basically it sounds like from this threat from the outside so many many layers so do you have a question for me pete we can do a little cross-examination Yes,
1: I do. So so I brought this up earlier um, about how I think, you know, from my from what I so I haven't read the books. I saw the movie. I know what the Lincoln lawyer's reputation is like, Mm -hmm. but I'm watching it develop firsthand. and, And, you know, this is an episode where, you know, he kind of manipulated the truth with the flash drive and got away with it. And now he's looking for a magic bullet. And he's not really looking for facts to prove Innocence, as much as he's looking to prove facts to get people off of, you know, jail time or off the case. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a little over the line to mislead them with the flash drive. Okay. In episode in episode two, nonetheless. We have okay. a lot of episodes coming up. Mm-hmm. How far over the line do you think he's going to go in this season? Do you think he stays borderline or do you think he actually goes over and manipulates it to the point where he actually breaks the law himself?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he has a hard line with the law. Like he made it very clear to Terrell that he did not mislead. He did not lie to the court. Maybe he misled, you know, the-, the uh, To me, he lied. lied. <laughs> but he didn't say, I've got evidence on here. I've got the footage here. He just raised it in the air. And he's like, shall we? Like saying, shall we watch this? He never said that he had footage from that security camera. He said there was a security camera across the street. He, I don't think he even said it was record. He knew it was recording. For all we know, it could be like a fake one or something, or didn't have footage from that night. They took the guy was guilty. He knew it, and they took the leap. I think out of fear, like he's taking that risk, and and he believed Coleman. He believed Terrell Coleman that the guy made up the hit that he did not assault him. So you know, I, mean, I don't even think we mentioned it. it. All goes back the grudge about a, a girlfriend back in high yes. school that you know Terrell got the girl and not maurice granger you know and so it's just this personal vendetta he believes Terrell that he didn't assault the guy so he i think mickey is a risk taker like what would have happened if i don't know i mean in this case he, he called his bluff he called his yes. bluff, and and he trusted terrell that he did not assault him what if terrell had been lying that would that's the risk if terrell was lying what if they would have
1: told him to play the play the footage
0: Right. Well, again, he was calling his bluff. He knew that if he didn't hit him, that the would not, the police officer would not want to watch the footage. He knew if Terrell was telling the truth, the police officer, that's the last thing he would want to do is to play the footage and show that he had lied.
1: But if he, but let's just play, let's just play make believe for a second. If he did play the footage Mm -hmm. and they heard a musical playlist, how would that have played out because I'm curious about that too. (laughs) <laughs> would he well, have been arrested? That's
0: a good question. That's a good question, yeah. We I should mean, ask I, one
1: of our friends
0: that yeah. listen to the
1: podcast about yeah. that one because I'm very curious.
0: yeah, I mean, I think there's two scenarios, either he calls his bluff and he is lying, and so there's no way he would want that tape played or Terrell was lying. he did hit him. The guy would say, "Go ahead, play it, and then yeah, he'd get screwed because there's no footage. You know, and I don't, I, he wouldn't have still wouldn't have gotten caught for lying to the court. He still, yeah, that's what lie. I'm saying.
1: Well, what would be the charge if there is a charge?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would be like, um, contempt or um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We need yeah. to find out
1: an answer to this. Yeah, Anybody listening to- that knows the answer, please
0: let okay. us know. I can, I can, I can ask about that. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. We should get that information, but yeah, to, to, to your question, it seems like a risky move but there were really two possibilities. So we don't know what the outcome would have been if Terrell was lying and he actually did hit the officer. He goes, they want to play it. And all he's got is music. We don't really know how that would have played out except that Terrell would be back in prison, which, I mean, if he was guilty, he was guilty. So, but what would the effect be on uh, Mickey, you know, and his career and his reputation? that could have been bad so it's obviously more fun to watch it play out in his favor yes absolutely you know? <laughs> but those, those are good questions to explore because we've seen that mickey kind of goes on a gut feeling with people you know lorna earlier in the episode is like oh, you haven't known izzy for very long can you basically like can you trust her do you know what you're doing here and he's like you know i have a gut feeling about people so we're learning this about him that he does often go with his gut, so is that going to really fail him at some point that's a that's a, definitely a valid question but I think his intention is to stay within the law and go with those gut feelings, which is what he did with Coleman he didn't lie in any way shape or form he you know he played on the guy's bluff and it worked out in his favor but yeah, it can only go but but so far if Terrell was the one lying and we don't know how it would have played out but still I still don't think they could have said that Mickey was lying he never you know it it goes down to the transcript and the words you know he he may have acted like there was something on it but he never actually said there was so yes you know so we'll see but that's definitely a good question let's see for you do you assume that jerry did not tell trevor about the continuance or do you think that trevor could somehow be involved maybe in Jerry's murder. I mean, cause Trevor doesn't bring up with, with Mickey, anything about Jerry having the idea to do a continuance. Did he just not know, or is he not going to share that with Mickey?
1: It seems like to me that right now from the show, It looks like, from what we see in the evidence, Trevor killed those people, and Jerry was asking for continuance, and he had him killed, too. From what they show us. However, it wouldn't be that plain cut in Mm -hmm. episode two. So, the big swerve is coming of who's responsible for all this. And this episode was just, you know, the the theme of this episode was why. yeah, Because all I got was a ton of more questions and a bunch of whys. Yeah, yeah. So I I believe the evidence has us believe that he did it. So I have Mm
0: -hmm. to follow that right now.
1: Okay. Um, I want to watch more to see where the, where the big swerve is that I'm predicting is going to happen.
0: So the way it played out on screen so far up to episode two, you could believe maybe that Trevor knew about the continuance and maybe that's the reason that Jerry's dead.
1: Yes, I have tunnel vision right now. <laughs> I have tunnel vision. That's the problem. <laughs> I need to get out of it.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about our character of interest um, for this episode i'll let you go first who do you think, think in the episode not a suspect not something we're looking at guilty or innocent just someone in the episode that had a pivotal role in this episode that you want to highlight
1: a lot of people had equal momentum but i'm gonna to have to go jerry vincent my final answer
0: oh okay Tell me a little
1: more. I just, his name was all over this episode. His magic bullet, his casino, his killers, you know, he's dead. He's, you know, everybody seems to be talking about Jerry Vincent in this episode. And he's my big why. Mm -hmm. On my notes, it just says why. Why, with a big circle. And Jerry Vincent's name around it. Because that's what I have is a thousand questions. And you know what? He's not even alive. So maybe we'll get a Jerry Vincent flashback episode. to fill me in on these answers hopefully we'll see
0: man i should have gone first because what was my answer jerry i was gonna say (laughs) that he wasn't even in the episode but he had such a huge impact on where things stand at this point having filed that continuance We learned that he told Ren that he had some magic bullet. So all these things that Jerry did, even though they didn't actually happen in this episode, yeah, definitely made him a very pivotal character. So I guess I'll have to go with my second choice, which I think is the same person I chose last week, which is... Lorna because she just keeps at it she you know she went to the to, to try to do the yoga thing you know and get information there she found out you know she was smart and figured out the copier had memory so she found out about the continuance she's working the calendar she's working with the contacts she was the one who tracked down Wren and got her to come in and then that's when we found out about the magic bullet so I mean she's just she's just you know
1: so in conclusion if it wasn't for Lorna Mickey would be nowhere in this case right now and he would not be a legend he would be a loser, and nobody would talk about it. He him.
0: would have he would have won the Terrell Coleman case, but yeah, he'd, he'd still be pretty empty-handed with the uh, Trevor Elliott
1: case. And so what does he have? Like three days left before not like not the long, court yeah, starts, or yeah, less than a
0: week. Like he said, ago. he had
1: a week, and the guy didn't see him for two days after that. So he's down to like five, and this episode was like yeah. four, maybe three. So we're getting, we're down to it.
0: Getting close. It's getting close. Yeah.
1: Which also makes me wonder if you know we're gonna get you know the trial in episode four or five and then if that's the case you know we've seen in other shows where sometimes they close the first case and then open up another case you know we have a lot of different cases what's going to be the big case is this trevor mm-hmm. elliott case going to carry through to episode 10 or are they going to finish that in episode five and have jerry vincent show up for the rest of the season like to you know to close up his case
0: Well, i think we both have been hesitant to say mickey for our character of interest because he is the Lincoln lawyer, Lincoln lawyer, the title character. Yeah. Um, and, but obviously he, he plays a huge role, but if you want to say, say you want to say Mickey, what's Mickey's, what has he done? He has been clever, you know, in some of the cases, but he's the one who has Lorna on his team. You know, you got to give him props for that. He's got good people.
1: Oh yeah. He picks Cisco.
0: <laughs> yeah. He picks Cisco got Lorna you know he keeps a a good strong team around him and I think that gut feeling does go a long way so if you want to elevate Mickey or you know call him out for what listen before this season before this
1: before the season's over I'm going to pick Mickey twice so I don't want to pick him (laughs) so early in the show when I had other people to pick that's what really happened
0: there you go there you go but it's, it's just interesting how it you know it trickles down if he didn't have Lorna behind him he wouldn't be able to do what what he's doing
1: in this episode, but personally, we did see vulnerability, desperation out of him. I mean, even if I had to pick an episode where he wouldn't be the star of the episode, this mm-hmm. is probably the one, honestly. Because I've only yeah. seen two. And he was more yeah. important in the first one. So, yeah, going forward, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just my theory here. Yeah. Isn't I'm sure it's going to change. He's going to he's gonna, gonna, gonna be a star.
0: Up. Absolutely. The show is
1: named after him. He's going to be <laughs> yeah. the star of the show. He's going to pull some stuff out of his, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. All right. Well, do you have some trivia for me?
1: I have what I think is very easy trivia. It's one question, pretty plain and simple. Um,
0: you can't set it up that way. Because when you yeah. say it's so simple and I get it wrong, it makes me look really bad.
1: <laughs> well, you should know by now I'm very big on numbers and like yeah. things mm-hmm. like that. So let's go back to the Terrell Coleman situation. Okay. When, when they go to his scene and he's walking into court, they state what number his case is. Oh. It's an easy five-digit number. It shows up on the subtitles and everything. It's clear.
0: Clear. Why don't I think to write those things down? I'm going to go, you told me five digits, so let's just see how many I can get close. Two, seven, three,
1: four, one. You got a couple right, but not in the right. Actually, you got three right, but not in the right order.
0: Okay. All right. What is it?
1: So the number was 47922. I got the two,
0: the seven, and the four.
1: And I want you to save that trivia question, and I want you to ask Jay next time he shows up, because he's definitely not listening to this by the time we... (laughs) Record episode three yeah yeah
0: all right that's a good but
1: i have a a trivia question for jay yes yes i thought it was simple because they said it really loud when you first like because i was very interested in this Terrell coleman case so yeah yeah yeah. when i heard it i paused it and you know was watching it a couple times to see if i noticed anything different because i thought it was a very slick maneuver how he did it which is why i had all those questions about the case like
0: yeah 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 well from now on anytime a number shows up in the subtitles of all places I'm going to write it down in my notes. I have one for you. I might as well go ahead. Let's do it. Remember this. What is the name of the girlfriend that Maurice and Terrell fought over in high school or the girl they both like? Oh,
1: I want to say Beyonce or Betrice. <laughs> something with a B,
0: um, but I might be wrong. Not a B. Uh, it's a
1: C. C. Okay. Katrina. I don't know. No. Chanel. Therese Chanel. Oh, Chanel. I was thinking Beat. Beatrice of Bertrell? because he, yeah, he says it. He says I was I was antagonizing about blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, I should have yeah, remembered that. Yeah, sometimes the ones that don't seem like they should be as hard are kind of hard. If you're looking for the really hard number ones and stuff, gotta pay attention to some. Of I think names. all trivia
1: is hard. You do mm-hmm. because you do a recap. Therefore, you handcuff 87 percent of the episode <laughs> by telling us what's going to happen. So I can't have a you know a, a trivia question that we you, you covered.
0: Right, mostly I specifically left her name out of there yeah cap discussion because i was gonna see if it if you remember but you see what i'm saying
1: like so it's hard yeah. to come up with an easy easy one you know what right, color is terrell's shirt you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you have to come up with like something numbers but in order to get those you have to freeze the frame and actually pay attention or, or yes. do what mike does and write everything down as it
0: comes and, as it comes Speaking you know like get... different podcasts where well, we do the everybody counts podcast about bosch and now bosch legacy If you're listening to both, Pete tasked Mike with figuring out a license plate number. There was one digit that was hard to tell. And there's a teaser because Mike has figured it out. So wait for the next podcast about Bosch Legacy, and we'll find out what his uh, research uncovered. Pete, he figured it out.
1: That's the Everybody Counts podcast can be found on so somanyshows.com.
0: That's right. You can find both Lincoln Law Pod and Everybody Counts podcast, as well as some others on so somanyshows.com. And the podcast feed, so many shows at different podcast providers. So check it out, and we'll be back with another episode. We've got some interviews uh, in the works, so uh, look for those too. Some good stuff coming. And now it's time to hear from Ted Humphrey, showrunner, writer, and developer on the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix.
2: Hey there. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for coming on for this. What if Mickey did not want the practice at all? Is that, would that have been an option for him when he goes to this meeting and finds out that the practice has been left to him?
2: Yes, it it would absolutely have been an option for him. Uh, I mean, we say in, you know, kind of shorthand in the show, he quote inherited this practice. Mm -hmm. That's not really accurate. And, you know, I did, (laughs) I saw some I feel like I saw some comments somewhere like online where people saying lawyers don't inherit other lawyers legal practices. Well, no, that's true. They don't. I mean, that's, that's technically not what happened. I think as the judge explains, you know, what lawyers do or can do is appoint what amounts to like a backup. Okay. You know, in case something happens to them. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Jerry Vincent had done with Mickey. Of course, Mickey would have the ability to, not to take the cases, but he might have some responsibility, depending on the terms of that agreement, to help those people find other lawyers, right?
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. Um,
2: as it, as it is, because he was hoping to get his life and business back together, he was, you know, willing and happy
0: to take the cases. Right, right, okay. So, it, so you said that that is sort of a provision that attorneys make sometimes. They they do assign so, a backup. Yes. And is yes, that
2: there's a there's a provision in the law to, to do that yeah
0: okay is that in some sort of contract I think like that you mentioned or where, like where would you put that case by case or would might you do it for your entire caseload
2: you could do it for your entire caseload I guess okay. yeah I mean it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like having a second in case you can't make it or something you know? okay
0: okay yeah. that makes a lot of sense I think it's
2: I think that'd be up to the to the individual there
0: okay okay and obviously
2: if you're if you're in a law firm and you've got you know then the law firm is going to
0: sure. Yeah. Right, right. are really just talking
2: about solo practitioner lawyers.
0: Okay. So. And that was my next question. Say we, we were talking about a solo practitioner and, and no provision had been made or backup appointed. What does happen in that case, in that scenario? Uh, I mean, the clients
2: are always free to choose another lawyer. Of course, mm-hmm. they would just be informed at some point your lawyer passed away or something and you've got to find another lawyer. Okay. And if they, maybe, I don't know, the bar association might have some way to help them do that if they needed. Okay. it. Okay, yeah. yeah, I
0: was just curious, okay. Okay. What kind of feedback have you received already from other attorneys?
2: I've gotten, we've gotten a uniformly glowing reception from attorneys. Fantastic. Uh, Which I, yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, we, we worked very hard to make that stuff as realistic as possible within the bounds of, of, you know, making a fictional, exciting TV show. And so, yeah, no, the, the, the reception has been really great. In fact, my, my entertainment lawyer who, doesn't really watch anything i mean i don't i'm sure he watches things but I, <laughs> I don't it's not like he calls me all the time to say oh i watched whatever you're doing he called to say he watched he'd binged the whole thing with his daughter who is interning at legal aid i think this summer and that they both loved it and, you know so it, i think it's actually really struck a chord with lawyers like the uh the jury okay. selection episode and stuff because we we do kind of get into the weeds but, but yeah so yeah
0: yeah okay that's awesome that's wonderful I love hearing that. And of course,
2: seeing some comments on on social media and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And being number one, that's pretty positive reception, I'd say. We've (laughs) been number one
2: uh, all over the globe. I mean, not in every single country, but but as an aggregate, all over the globe every day since we premiered, which has been unbelievable. I've never had any kind of uh, reception like that before. So it's been amazing.
0: Did you have any sort of target in your mind? Maybe that you didn't tell anybody, but...
2: Richardson? uh no i was i was i didn't think that you know squid game um i didn't think we Mm -hmm. could quite be that because nothing you know those are unicorns but um, i would i would say that the show has performed at the far reaches of what i hoped it would do i mean it really like i didn't think the way we've performed was in any way impossible but i you know but but it was a lot came together and you know, I just think people really responded to the show and, and, and it's it's sort of uh, the famous screenwriter, William Goldman once said, nobody knows anything. It's a very famous quote about the movie business by which he meant that studios and nobody knows what's going to be hit. If they did, there would never be anything that wasn't a hit, right? Right, right. right. And so things, My Big Fat Greek Wedding is a little movie that was made for a million dollars that became a cultural phenomenon. Nobody mm-hmm. saw that coming, right? Right. Um, things like this happen and so i'm thrilled i'm thrilled with how well the show did and, and yeah you know I, I feel like we just caught something you know right show at the right moment people really wanted to watch yeah. it. it's great mm. you know um, well, the, the,
0: those conley fans are super loyal too yeah so, i mean what a great base to start with Yeah, absolutely
2: know? it is absolutely yes.
0: chomping at the bit to but watch. you know
2: you gotta you gotta um deliver if they feel like you've not done right by the material then mm-hmm. that's not going to work right so you've got to right. deliver it really helps that Michael is so involved in the show because I at least I always feel from the standpoint of making the show that if we've made Michael happy right you know, like really what right does anybody else to have to not exactly be? And, exactly and I do find that the fans of his books follow with that mm-hmm. you know, the, the things that make Michael happy also make them happy so yeah. it, it needs to work out
0: there's been, I don't know how much you, you see on social media, but there has been a lot of discussion between readers, non-readers, folks who saw the movie and read the books or only saw the movie and didn't oh, read the books. Yeah. And now the series, you know, it's just, just a lot of discussion I see and it
2: there. quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's great. It's, it's not that people need to come to the defense of the way it was done, but the passion that is behind people that yeah. kind of get what, what you guys were, you know, sounds like what you were going for. And just sort of supporting the show is fantastic. Um, I love yeah, it.
2: people have really, you know, look. I think the movie's very good. Uh, it's yeah. just a different thing. And people, I've I've started to see comments now where people say, you know, initially I was skeptical, but now I think this is better than the movie, which makes me right. happy. Even though I don't, I have nothing against the movie. The movie's good. It's oh, just sure, movie. sure. Different things. Yeah. Ten years ago, completely different thing. Yeah. You know? So yeah.
0: Well, not that I want. I'm not going to go too far down this train of thought, but just with you saying that, I felt early on with the series that the adaptation that you all made definitely lends itself more to a series. Yes. That sort of, you know, feeling you got from the movie was great for a movie, but this, you know, I keep going back to that momentum. I put it in my review. It's the name of an episode. This, this series really has momentum to go on and on. So I hope that we're going to get an announcement soon.
2: Well, we will (laughs) endeavor to bring that. I, 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 we, we, I'm quite confident we will be making that announcement, but we don't have the official green light yet, but at this point, the success of the show, I'm quite confident.
0: All signs are looking good. (laughs) Well, this um, came up in one of our discussions um, on the podcast when Mickey is representing Terrell Coleman, and we kind of pondered what would happen if Mickey had called the bluff of Officer Granger. Um, that he that Terrell did not in fact hit him. what if Terrell was lying and you know he called the bluff and it was wrong and they're, they're like, yeah, go ahead and show us you know what would there have been any punitive type situation there if he didn't actually have something on that flash drive or could he have said, oh I got the wrong one and had another chance to bring something? We just kind of wondered how that could possibly play out if it went the other way.
2: I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, I mean, I, it's a TV show. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, no, it, it, sure, there would be a way for him to, you know, do do lawyers, you know, this is where you get into fun in the movies where lawyers are bluffing things that, yeah,, you know, in, in real life, you might be a little more careful about how you bluff sure. things. But mm-hmm. I think you're pretty careful to portray that. He did not say, he never says, yeah. I have here footage. He right. said, there, he everything he said was true there was oh, a, a camera across the way mm-hmm. that captured all of this and then he all he did was he pulled out a flash drive and he said something about some evidence but he never said I have this thing I want to show you that's got this right. so right. we were careful to parse it in a way that um, you know skirt that the, 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 the adheres to the letter of the law if not the spirit of the law yeah
0: yeah, yeah right. well and that's absolutely how I argued it with, with my co-host not that we were really arguing but <laughs> But I was like, yeah, it was very clear. He didn't, he never professed to have something he didn't have, but we were just having kind of fun thinking, well, how would that have played out if, if they're like, go ahead, you know, and I kind of envisioned Mickey pulling an oopsie or something and grab the wrong thing. And
2: that's that's know. essentially what you would do. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now the meeting in episode two, I was calling it kind of like a status meeting where Trevor is with Mickey and they're in there with Golance and Judge Stanton. What do you call that type of meeting? It's a,
2: it's a status conference. I think that's what we call it. In the okay. show. It's a okay. status conference and it, it it is just that it is, you know, like where yeah. are we? Are we ready to go to trial? What's the okay. deal? Here? Yeah.
0: Do you all do all cases, criminal cases? All have cases have
2: status conferences, sure. But you, you know, they can happen at any time at the judge's request.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: In this case, it's, well, there's been a material change in, Sure. You know, now we've got a new lawyer, so mm-hmm. let's have a status conference and you know just get up to date on where we are. And then you know there they're, there's a formality to them because because technically each side you're not supposed to be talking to the judge without the other side. It's called next right. Conversation. So it it. it you know, whenever the judge wants to communicate something, he has to be, clear, you know, carefully to communicate to both sides. And
0: right. Okay. And, so yeah. and what about Trevor trying to speak for himself and, and the judge, you know, tells him you can't do that. Can you absolutely not do that? Could Mickey have given him permission to?
2: Well, and it, it, anybody could get, really the judge would have to give him permission first. Of okay. All. Okay. Mickey would as well, you know, anything could happen, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. out of bounds. I mean, that's, okay. that's, that's how the judge would react to that.
0: Okay. Well, that Trevor Elliott, he's always pushing the boundaries, for sure. (laughs) I know that. Thanks so much to Ted for spending some time with us. And you'll be able to hear more from him on future podcasts. So you can look forward to that. And that's it for now. And we will have more of the Lincoln Law Pod coming up soon. Bye guys. Bye.